Welcome everyone. The outrage episode numero twelve. Alain Kevion, Spencer Byers. Welcome in. Kyle Dubis fired. How do you feel, Al? Because you know he's an awful GM, yeah, and the Leafs need help. I'm trying to wreck the place more dirty is Al. Jesus. Jesus. Let me just answer a Snapchat real quick and then... Of course. Of course. You gotta keep the babes in, in line or whatever. <laughs> whatever babes you've got left. I don't have many, buddy. I know. I might have met you before. Alright. So am I hosting or are you hosting? Uh, what do you? Whatever you want. I'll host, I guess. Because okay. we're, we're, we're gonna bully Dubis for the first half hour of this yeah. thing, I bet. Well, anyway, sorry. Let's go. Alrighty. Three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 12 of The Outrage. Welcome back, Spencer Byers, alongside my good friend, Alec Kevion. What's going on? Big Al. Yes, sir. A lot of news happened basically just after I put up the episode. So uh, we'll start it off with, I think, the biggest news to come on Friday. Kyle Dubas, no longer the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. If you didn't know, you do now. Brandon Shanahan came out and had a scathing interview not too long after Dubas got canned. And now, after saying before he was relieved of his duties, he was saying that he either is going to be a Leaf or he's going to take some time off to be with his family. And allegedly, he had a meeting with the Pittsburgh Penguins already. So obviously, yep. something's changed in the Dubis camp. I have no doubt because of that, again, scathing Brandon Shanahan interview on Friday. Last Friday, of course. So, it's so it's so fishy. Like So Al, as a Leaf fan, yeah. that you allegedly are. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. All right. What do you feel right now about Kyle Dubas no longer being the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs? It's uh, it's definitely weird, but at the same time, I think I think change needs to happen regardless. I I think I would have liked for the Leafs to have moved on regardless. Do I think he was the problem? No, but I think at this point you just need a change of scenery. You just need to kind of hit a reset button. Um, do I think I does that mean rebuild and tear everything down? No, but. Um, I also think that Brandon Shanahan shouldn't be there. Listen, if you're going to get rid of your general manager, you got to get rid of your coach because usually the coach comes with the GM. And and in this particular case, they're like linked. Dubis, right? Oh, they've been linked from been, the get go. Like that that was Dubis's guy from the Marlies. I appreciate they were Sault together. Saint Marie, Sault Saint Marie. So these guys have been linked for years yep. now. So it will be surprising if Keith does stay as the head coach. He currently is. He might start the year as the head coach with the Leafs because right now I believe he still has the best winning percentage of any Leaf coach ever, which is mind-boggling to think. But in spite of that, it is still interesting, though, because as you as you said, he is Dubis's guy. And you got to yeah. wonder if the next GM is going to want Kiefer, if he's going to want his own guy, which I think you and I can agree most likely will be the case. I think, I think you start this—I still stick with this, though. You start the season with Sheldon at the helms, and if it doesn't work and it's ugly from the get-go, like— like kind of like the Mike Babcock situation where they like lost like 15 games like at the be- early yeah, in the year. Start. Yeah. A terrible start. And uh, if it's something like that, then yeah, you can move on. I I think I think Shanahan should be gone too. And I mean, listen, you read stuff from the meetings that they apparently had, and you know, Dubis was running the meetings on the Wednesday, I believe, or the Thursday, for building a timeline from from all this, which would have been. I believe it was the Wednesday because the Thursday when yeah. he sent the email. Right. So. And it sounds like what it was, what was going to happen is that Dubis wanted more control and it sounds like... And more money. And Shanahan, he kind of wanted Shanahan out. And Shanahan didn't take that too lightly. And I mean, I don't blame him. But at the same time, like, 
I feel like this team could be a little different, and there are a few moves that could have been made if Shanahan wasn't there to kind of oversee, keep over to oversee and keep things in check a little bit. So, I I think Shanahan should have been gone years ago. Like the whole f- point of the Shanna plan, which was the thing that started back in 2015, 13. 13, right? No, no. I believe it was 13. No, no, 13 was one. No, because the Leafs sucked for the, those two years afterwards. It was 14, 15, I believe, when he came in because ba- Babcock came in in 14, 15. 15, 16, they made the playoffs uh, for the first time since that 13. Anyways, he should have been gone after, you know, I'm going to say the Boston series. Uh, Second one? Yes, yeah, so, before, before the bubble. Before the bubble, I think he should have been gone because the whole point was to bring him in, bring in the guys that can win, do all that kind of thing, and build a winning culture again. He did that. Good. See you later. Now we need someone that can keep that winning culture, but at the same time make bold moves and is all about business rather than friendships. And I'm not saying Shanahan's a friendship kind of guy. Dubas is, though. Sure, Dubas is, but at the same time, I also look at that as an advantage. I was pretty convinced that Matthews would sign before... Or sorry, like early in the summer, when if Dubas stayed now, I don't know. But then again, if they leave because they know they're not going to get paid as much, which I don't think a single Leaf player deserves to ask for a raise right now. Matthews maybe because you know sixty goals. I, that, was I year, that was give year ago. give him the bag. I think you give Matthews the money. I don't think you give him fifteen million like everyone's throwing around. I think that's just absolutely absurd. Because if Matthews makes fifteen million, Connor McDavid should be a twenty million dollar player. Well, and not only that, they'd be setting the market. And that's a problem. And that's and tough. No, and no one likes setting the market. No, and that, that, and I mean, the market can't afford that kind of money because let's be real here, the salary cap is still awful. It, it is now starting to back to increase again. A little bit. Since COVID. But, but it's awful. It's still not increasing as much as people would like. So I think he should be gone. And I, I listen, front office, just clean it all out. And then look, at, come in, look at what you have, draft. You know, have a GM before your draft. If you're gonna make, if you're gonna give a GM a team to work with, and you know they're calling the shots right away, get it done before the draft shows up. Because if you can't draft that team, well, then it's kind of hard to see where you're at. Whereas at least you'll have an idea where you could be at the next season or the season after that, if by the draft, right? So, yeah, I think I think Keith stick it out. Who the Leafs will have as a new GM, I have no clue. Um, I've heard Brad Tree living since parting ways. With yeah, has been mentioned with the Toronto job. Would you be happy with Brad Tree living, for example? A little bit, uh, because he is experienced, and after all, you look at what he did in Calgary. He he had a, success, a pretty successful hockey team up until this point. Listen, did anyone expect that tr- that uh, Huberto and Kachuk trade to work out? Yeah, for one team, and it just so happens that it went the other way around that well, see, nobody expected to go. See, it's sad because I think that trade was a lose-lose because Florida had an awful season. They barely made the playoffs. They've had a great playoff run, but, now, but that overshadows the bad 100%. regular season. And the Flames have had an awful regular season. I didn't think they'd make the playoffs. I didn't they, think the Flames were bad, were, though. Actually, no. I was. I said they were going to... They were going to not improve. They were going to come down from they were first last year. Yeah. I, they were going to come down. I actually did have them in the playoffs, I believe, and they fell out, which didn't surprise me. But... Well, that's it just because they're goaltender. Like, Markstrom was awful. Well, no, but Hubert also had the greatest point differential from season to season ever. 55 points. You have from 100, and I believe it was 15, 110. 110 to 60 or 55. Yeah, yeah you, can't 55. Like, you can't have ridiculous. that. You can't have that. That's awful, yeah. And that's, that, that is the greatest differential from season to season ever in the NHL, which yeah. is 
mind-boggling to think. I wouldn't hate tree living, to be honest. I again, I I want a guy that's experienced and that's build content that's built contenders, and no kind of like know what they're doing. Like, listen, if tree living were to come in here into Toronto, I don't think there's not a lot of distraction. You don't have to worry about what's going on with the hockey rink. Scotiabank Arena is not going anywhere, right? You don't have to worry about really re-signing any big names other than the fact that you got to lock up your goaltender, which is Elias Samsonov. He's an RFA. Matthews, obviously. Matthews, you got to get him done, which I don't think it's a big concern. Look, I believe Matthews when he says he wants to be here. Do I think Matthews could be a career leaf? Absolutely. But I think things got to turn around quickly enough. Like, you know, cool. You made it out of the first round this year. Great. He can stay. The only tough part about that is, is that if they would have made it out of the second round, I could see him signing an eight-year deal, but I could totally see him going for another five-year. Another bridge? Another bridge, yeah. Which is fine. I don't care. As long as he's under contract for more than f- three years, great. Anything less than that, no. I don't want it. Fine. Let him walk or at least sign no, him and trade him. Don't, don't wa- let him walk. God forbid. Well, at you least I, I, that's what I mean. Like, sign and trade the guy. Like, that's the thing I like the NHL to do more often. Like, sign the... The de- like sign the contract and then well, be like listen. But, but the difference, the only thing though in the NHL is, and if, if you don't know, if you have rights of a player, you can sign them to an eight-year deal. While they go to free agency, the max is seven. That's not a big gap. The NBA, right. it's four to five, which is a massive well, gap and, comparatively speaking. And the money's better. Yeah, if you can sign a super max with your real team, but a free agent can't sign it. They can only send you to a max, right? So it is a massive financial boost and year boost. So that is why. If hockey had a financial boost as well, which obviously they wouldn't do. It's not happening. The yeah. whole point of going to free agency is to make more money, not less money. Yeah. So that would never happen in the NHL. Un- unlikely, especially. But no, the Leafs situation is interesting. And I do want to explain a little bit what that dynamic is like. Because Dubas was the GM. But Brandon Shanahan, who's still employed, he is the president of Hockey Ops. Which basically means he makes the final okay on every decision. Like, Kyle Dubas is what was the GM. He made all the decisions. He made the day-to-day call-ups, call-downs, trades. But the final, yes, the final go-behind was Shanahan. Shanahan had to okay every single move or you couldn't do it. And obviously, I would say most GMs don't want that because it handcuffs you majorly. Because if you are not in sync completely, which I would expect... With all the moves Dubas made at this deadline, they couldn't have been, right? Because you make the Shen deal, the Gustafson deal with Lafferty. Well, you make the um, what was the other big deal they made? I think like uh, McCabe, make, uh, O'Reilly, McCabe, uh, O'Reilly, Achari. Yep. Like, so I mean, I hear what you're saying, but like the problem with this is Shanahan's openly come out and said, um, we were ready to re-sign Dubas after the deadline. Like, we started having conversations. Well, so since, since they won the first round, I believe, was when they started, like, they were fully invested in recent. And that's, game. well, that, that was when, yeah, that's when they f- they were like, okay, like, we're going to get this done kind of thing. But uh, after the deadline, that's when they started considering, okay, we, we should probably, re- like, this is a great deadline, Let's, we should probably sign him again. Mm-hmm. And now, well, th- I mean, this is a gong show. Like, I've never... I can't think of another situation where you saw an outing like this. Usually you see it coming. And I'm not saying I'm surprised that the like they parted ways. I'm just surprised as to how they parted ways. Yeah. I've never I can't think of any other time where I've seen something like this where it's like, yeah, we'll sign him. 
press conference. It's like three days later. Three days later. And then, hey, TGIF. Yeah, he's actually gone. Well, why is he gone? Well, he wanted more money and he wanted this one. Yeah, and then it, and it's like, damn. It's yeah. like, wow. Like, what? Yeah, it happened really, really quickly. Like, and that, I think that is another really surprising thing is because it literally went from he's most likely going to be the GM of the Leafs till three days later, he's no longer the GM of the Leafs anymore. And it made no like, sense. Whoa. It, it made no sense. Like, the whole time, like, everything, it's just, it makes no sense. And I mean, you look at, did Shanahan maybe jump the gun by saying we'll part ways after getting the new package? Yeah, you had till the end of June. June 30th was his last day under contract. Yeah, and and the and that's a thing too, Al, is now they have to do all of their draft prep and the NHL draft most likely. And worry about getting a G- Yeah, and worry about getting a GM. Yeah, it's somewhere like, in the middle there, right? And like, then, of okay. course, as you mentioned, they got to get a goalie because they still have Matt Murray, who's, I think, a walking band-aid. You and I both can admit that. Yeah, I don't think he'll play much next year. You've, you've got Samsonov, who's up. You've got Wool, who I think still got two years on, yeah, he's, on a, on a he, basically entry-level deal, but in. a minor league deal. He's in. He's going to be the backup next year. Well, Actually, he could and, be number one, and, depending and on... Implying Matt Murray's on, on the LTIR, which I think is expected, but we don't really yeah. know. It we'll, that'll, that'll be figured out by the time next year rolls around. We'll I give it to like October till he gets hurt again. Yeah, we'll kick that can down the road, but this team is... I think the Leafs are in that interesting spot of like, I wouldn't say they're a cup contender. But I wouldn't say they're like. I wouldn't say they're far off. No, that's what I mean. Like I feel like they're like in they're that, there. Like they're not the mediocrity. They're the one just above that. Like they're. I'll say they're like a contender, but not. On really. so here's the problem though. On paper, contenders all the way. Yes. The problem is in practice. Well, no, they just don't get it done. That's what I mean. In practice. Oh yeah, but like it's like it, that's the thing. Like. Everyone's like, oh, like it wasn't Dubas's fault. Like, no, it wasn't Dubas's fault. You watch the guy in the press box whenever he comes on t- on the ca- like on camera and on TV. If the guy could, and I've said this before, I think on this podcast, on this podcast, if he could, he would play, and he'd probably be one of the best players because he wants to win. The passion is there. Yes, the passion, <laughs> the slogan, whatever. That's that's the Leafs thing. Fine, but and then you got Sheldon Keefe. His line deployments in the Tampa series, not great. Then he figures it out as it got, you know, later into the later games of that series. And then he's just like, ah, who cares who I got out there? This team's better. So let's let, but then you look and they got dominated. Not because Tampa was better, just no work ethic. Florida? And then, well, no, no, I'm I'm actually still, I'm still talking about Tampa. Yeah. And then you look at the Florida series, the the work's there-ish. (laughs) <laughs> and then they get goalied, and all of a sudden it's like, well, we can't score, so we're just going to shoot at his... Sh- I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, they did not make Bobrovsky's life miserable at all. Like, he didn't... He barely had to work in that series. And he's put in the work now, though. You look at the Carolina series. Yeah, I mean, f- the Florida's going to win the damn thing, aren't they? Now, I got to be honest yeah, and we'll talk about that in a second here. I'm, I mean, I'm done talking about the Leafs. Well, like, no, the, I just want to mention one more thing for the Leafs, and we'll move on yeah. to, the, to the, the the conference finals that are basically done at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, look at the way it's at going. Least, at least these, for sure. Eastern, um, yeah. But I do want to say this. I am beyond tears, is the one I, word I'm going to use, of Leaf fans telling me they keep getting goalied. I, I can't stand it. You got goalied against Columbus. You got goalied against Boston once. You got goalied against Montreal at the end. Like, uh, you got goalied against Florida. You got goalied against Vasilevsky in the year before you, year you didn't, you lost to Tampa last year. Like, I'm sick and tired of hearing you got goalied, okay? Well, no, like, at the end of the day, you're paying Austin Matthews $11 million to score, score goals. He had no goals against Florida. Yep. 
No, I, I hear I, you. I don't even know how many goals he had against Tampa, but I, I mean, done it against sorry. he had two points against Florida. He had uh, two assists. Okay, so I mean, four, you, games. you look at the first two games of that series. Against Florida? Yes. There was no scoring on Bobrovsky. And the chances were there. Like, they were there. And, like, I don't like using the term goalie either. Listen, I'm not saying that the Leafs lost because of Sergei Bobrovsky. I'm not. I, I hear what you're saying, and I totally agree. It's not just because of Sergei Bobrovsky. You have four really good lines against a team that only has one line, really, if you think about it. One, one really good line, for sure. And what did they do? Two out of your four guys on your so-called core four did nothing. Goalless. 50 shots combined, Matthews and John Tavares. Not a single one went in the net. Is it because Bobrovsky was good? <laughs> no. But but even if that was true, y- you can't get goalied every single year and just no, say you that's can't. an excuse, right? And like, I'm not that's no, ridiculous. I agree, and I'm not saying that. Like, listen, do I think a few times that the you know the Leafs got goalied? Yeah, I'm gonna say. Do I think the Tampa series last year they got goalied? No, I just think they just didn't have it. Like Toronto just wasn't strong enough. There was something missing, which everyone saw, which is why they run it. They ran it back is because there's like okay, we're there. We just need a little bit, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. They got that this year. Nothing. Where was Ryan O'Reilly, the so-called factor? Noel Achari led the team in hits, which, by the way, I love that guy. I, I, I as a former Bruin, I, I love him. I, I actually liked him in Boston because I was like, man, this is, you know what you're getting out of Achari. It's work, work, work. You got the puck. You're either getting bodied or I'm getting that puck back somehow. Mm-hmm. Whereas... O'Reilly was like, okay, he was there, present early on in the series against Tampa, and even when he first sh- came on to in, came into Toronto, he was there. You could notice like there was a big yeah. difference, and then just disappeared. And then you look at the decor. Morgan Riley cannot be your best defenseman on the ice. I'm sorry. I don't think so. Either. You you have six guy. You have six D. You're you're running seven sometimes, occasionally. Most of the time, actually, I think throughout this playoff. And the fact that Morgan Riley was your best defenseman, come on. Come on. And that's what happens when you pay those it, yeah. those big four in the you, offensive. You know what? Like I I'm done I'm not making excuses for Toronto. Listen, do I think Florida deserves to be where they they Obviously. are right now? Yeah, at this point I think you'd be an idiot, you know, if you said, ah, Florida's just there, just you know, they're getting they're lucky. lucky yeah. No. No. Have you been watching? No. Like, and that's the thing. The more I watch Florida, like, as, as much as it pains me to watch them. You know what's amazing, Al? And actually, I'm thinking about this right now as we speak. Yeah. Florida, since going down 3-1 to the Boston Bruins, have lost two games. One of them to the Leafs? And they beat Boston three times, beat Toronto four times, and have beaten Carolina three times looking for a sweep to go yeah. to the finals. Right? Yep. Like, they have lost two playoff games in, what is that, three... Six, ten. So they, I mean, they what, played seven, 12? and they played seven, and they played five. No, no, I'm I'm saying from three one down. So that's three. Oh. So that's three five three, and they've lost one. Yeah, In, yeah. Once going down, once they went, once they went down three one. Yeah, once I, they went down three one. Actually, they lost one yeah. Game. So before last night, Bobrovsky had won ten straight games. Yeah, like crazy. Well, no, because the, the, oh no, t- sorry, not ten. Uh, there was a stat. I wish I can get these. Probably ten right. and eleven. 10, yeah, that's what. Yeah, ten out of his last eleven. Come on, and they might continue it because he's been so good. He had a shutout in game three. He's unreal to get them to a three nothing lead, and then we'll we'll go to that right now. Florida up three nothing on Carolina. Yep, and Vegas up three nothing, I believe, on the Dallas Stars right now, and just 
demolitions in the conference finals by both sides. And I I say demolitions as in... 2 nothing Vegas oh, and Dallas. Vegas, yeah. they game They're going to the Dallas tonight, yeah. Well, that's a big game because they might, you know, if Dallas doesn't pull out a good game, they're going to be down 3 nothing too. And that's just going to continue even what's happening in the NBA right now. We will get to next, but like... Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I mean, like I did not see this coming. What I will say though is that I'm a strong believer in you need a story in the playoffs. There's always that one story that emerges and just sticks like till the end. Mm-hmm. And they either go on to win the cup or they f- go to the finals at least. And I didn't think it was going to be like that, but Sergei Bobrovsky is that storyline. And he came in after for Alex Lyons and he's I believe 9 and 2 in his Yep. He's a storyline. I mean, listen, this is the story, and I, this is why I'm a strong believer that I think Florida either wins it or, well, they are going to the final. I would be shocked if Carolina takes this thing to seven. Somehow, somehow and somehow. Reverse sweeps them, right? Out of nowhere. Well, Crazier not, things have happened, but. Well, but not only that, the problem is, I think, is the only way you're going to beat Florida consistently is if you score five or six past Bob, which at this point just seems like a fever dream. Well, you need at least, you need at least three. I'd say more than that. Even they, that's not been, enough. Like, they've been winning games three, two, four, three. Like, they've been winning those close games. you got to blow them out. Boston blew them yeah. out twice in, in, their, in their opening series, a team that's only been close to them. Right now, it's the only saving grace I've got is Boston's played them the closest, all, closest in this playoff, and it still wasn't good enough, and I'm still aggravated that they let Florida get away with a, a down 3-1 and pulling away and winning that series, in Boston especially, you know? Yep. But in spite of that, you know, they basically tossed the Leafs aside. They're tossing Carolina aside. Uh, which no I, one really saw. I no. Know, well, no one Carolina wanted was, to see for sure. No one wanted to see that for sure. No, but, like, Carolina was, like, the perfect— They're For me, after Boston went, Carolina was the perfect team. You got your defense. Even without Sveshnikov. Yeah. You have your goaltender in Freddie Anderson, which is still weird to say to this day, but anyways. And then you got your offense. Like, it doesn't matter who's out there. You're getting contribution up and down your lineup, and they're they're all grinders. Like, they're skilled players. But Seth Jarvis, by the way, who's only 20 years old. Portland Winterhawk. 20, 21. But regardless, he looks... I thought Jarvis was 26. 27. No, this guy's 21 and he's that good already. Like, and he's one of those guys, a lot of skill, but he's also gritty. Like, you know, those guys all put in the work. But man, and Florida just has their system that just works. And I think what works for them is they keep everyone to the outside. Like, as soon as that puck enters a slot, if there is a rebound, you are not getting to it. They box you right out. They treat, I think, every shift like a penalty kill when they're in their own end and it's working. And Bobrovsky can see the puck, and Bobrovsky's the ten million dollar goalie that they paid, and he's finally shown up. He's yeah. This is the, the this is when you're supposed the, to show up. This is the Bobrovsky that people have been waiting for for well, I don't know, the last four seasons now. Since he got signed, since he got that extra, since he got that deal, yeah. So I I think Florida's just got a system, and it works against every team they've played against so far. It has yet to bite them, mm-hmm. and they're gonna ride with it. And if they win the cup. Yeah, it's going to suck, but I mean... It's going to be their first ever, might I add. Dude. Yeah. It'll be their second ever final if they do pull out against Carolina. I think you and I both could agree they most likely they will. will, but they will. I will still put the pretenses as they haven't done it yet. If they make it to the final, it'll be only their second final ever, and that would be, I believe, 96. 96, to Colorado yeah. in a sweep, might I add. Which is the, cra- the crazy part, too, is remember... I don't know if you remember this. Remember when I said Carolina would sweep the Panthers? 
No, I don't, but that's a great tidbit. Uh, yeah, I so said. you're repeating it. Yeah, I said Carolina would sweep the Panthers. I said best I give the Panthers is five games and they're gone. Carolina would take care of business. And now, <laughs> yeah. And I said the opposite. I said I think this series will go seven, and the other one will go pretty quick in favor of. I don't remember if I picked Vegas or Dallas, but right now Vegas seems to be. I had Dallas. Seems to have Dallas's number. I think I think I had Vegas because I can't trust Ottinger. Ottinger has not been good enough in this playoff, and I think it's continued into the series. He just has not been where we expected. But him it's to also be. crazy though. Like Vegas has a fourth string goaltender net, and, and you never know. Well. And he plays. You would well. never know. See, and and that's the thing right now. Honestly, if Vegas and Florida match up. I think they're the perfect matchup for Florida because I think Florida's going to make Aiden Hill's life unmiserable. Well, that's what I mean. Like, if that's what I mean. If Vegas makes it out, I give Florida the cup. Seriously, I, 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 go that far, I don't think it's a sweep, but I mean, I think they'll work for it. But like, honestly, like if if it's Vegas and Florida, I mean, if you're still betting against Florida after this round, you're hello. And, like, and you know what's amazing out is if they beat Carolina and then they beat hypothetically Vegas, I think they beat arguably the four best teams in the regular season. Because I believe Vegas was the wild, was was the first seed. Yeah, you literally played the Vegas, toughest teams in the league. Yeah. Vegas was the first seed in the West. You played the first seed in the East. You played the second seed in the Atlantic. I want to say they were the second or third seed in the East. If they weren't the second seed, Carolina was second seed. You're playing in the final, right, or the conference final right now. You're up 3 nothing. No, they literally have the toughest so, route to the like, cup. If they play Vegas, if they, and it, when, if they beat Carolina and then they play Vegas and beat Vegas, they literally have beaten arguably the four best teams this regular season. Yeah, you literally like, have the toughest... Is, Mind-boggling. Toughest route to the cup in years, and they've... And they've made it look easy. Yeah. Like, they've made it look easy. Yeah, it's crazy. But, uh... He, who do you have tonight, by the way, before we move on for hockey? Who do you got? Uh, Vegas, Dallas, I, game I, three in Dallas, yeah. 2 nothing Vegas. Who do you got? I'm going to say Dallas. I, Dallas, I, I, da one? Dallas has to start winning. I mean, if Dallas loses tonight... That you know, series is also that, that's also you know good night. But two straight reverse sweeps in the conference finals. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I swear, if, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna say Dallas. I think Dallas takes the next two. Uh, the American Airlines Center is a really tough building to play in, and there it just seems like they show up every time when they're on home ice. So, I'm gonna say Dallas. And uh, man, our do our brackets ever look stupid now? I'll, oh, I'll say that. Been. I think everyone's bracket, like, in all fairness to, to Florida, very few had them beating Boston. No one had them going to the conference finals, and no one would have had them beating Carolina in those conference finals, right? Like, No, not they, even. Like, no one would have thought they beat the number one team in all of hockey. Then no one would think they would have beaten either the second or third best team in the Atlantic, Tampa, or Toronto. Then they take on the best, or the best team of the Metro in Carolina. No one would have thought they beat any one of those teams. You know what's and funny? They did. You know what's funny though? I I know you want to get to basketball and we can after this. This will be like a quick thought. I think if Tampa beats Toronto, I think Tampa is in the conference finals right now. See, but Vasilevsky played so bad. Fine. Conference, but like, but all he had so to bad. but if you look at the others, he played bad against Toronto last year too. Then you look at the rest of the way for the playoffs last season, he was fine. I think it's just a first round thing, to be honest. Well, no, it, I, it was a, it was every other. He did the Bennington thing, where Bennington for St. Louis when they won the cup against Boston, it was every other game. He had, a, he had kind of a, a mediocre game, and then he'd be lights out the next one. Lights. I, I still one. think, I still think he was good, but yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna say this. I think Tampa has. I think Tampa would have beat Florida if it was if if it was them instead of Toronto. Well, now. They're but both, we'll never know. But now they're both golfing while Florida has a chance to go to the 
Stanley Cup final for the first time for the, since 1996 and might have a chance to win it for the first time ever as a, as a franchise which is amazing I mean if they the do good for them like you know you can't say they didn't deserve it if they, they made it this far now like they deserve to be there I still had my questions but after they made it out against Toronto but now I mean you can't say anything like like I said if you if you're still betting against Florida at this point you're not you're not really watching yeah, but anyways, um, now going basketball. on to a couple other conference finals that have been whitewashes. The Denver Nuggets sweep the Los Angeles Lakers. Did you call that sweep? Uh, I know we both had the Nugs. I'm not sure I said sweep, but I definitely wouldn't have said more than six. We definitely had the Nuggets. I know that. And I, I do remember saying, too, that I wouldn't be mad if LeBron James Got won another, another one, ring. Yeah. yeah. Got another one. But... And now he's contemplating retirement. Every report coming out after this series, he said about he's got to do a lot of thinking, which... It would be surprising if he did, because I know the whole thing about Bronny going, Playing with to, Bronny, going, yeah. going to USC now. He's a, that's official commit. He's going to play a point guard at USC. I, I don't know if he'll declare after one year, because I'll tell you. If I don't, you don't think know, he should. If you don't know, in basketball, you have to play at least one year post high school to be able to go to the NBA. If that's university, or if that's going to the G League to play for the Ignite team, or going overseas, so that's, you know, that's France. Where Basically Atlanta to play is, pro or, ball. But yeah, play pro ball, play G League ball, or play college ball. You have to play at least one year outside of high school. So Bron is going to USC next season. We'll see if he does declare after one year. But anyway, LeBron said he wants to play with his his son in the NBA. Wherever the hell he gets drafted, that's where he wants to be. Yep. And now he's saying after the series loss, sweep again by the Denver Nuggets in the conference finals. Nuggets going to their first ever finals, which is also amazing. I love it. By the way. And um, I also want to mention Nikola Jokic winning winning the conference finals MVP, winning the Magic Johnson Award. Hey, Embiid, what do you got to say now? Well, it's okay. I'll probably get a finals MVP at this point. With the yeah. East is looking. Hey, but... Embiid. How... Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. You're not playing. Yeah. Cry more, buddy. Cry more. Hey, you got, you got your MVP. You got Good your little, for you. You got your little tinky, you got your little tinky tack trophy. Good for him. I, I'm so, going for the real thing. I'm so happy for Jokic. I mean, like, this is just, like, for me, it's like a silencer. It's vindication. It's a, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's a silencer, like, to, the, to, like, all the... Fans that are like, ah, you lost, like, yeah, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, you didn't, you, Embiid won MVP. It's like, Embiid saying, every, if they, if they said they don't care about the MVP, they're lying or whatever. Yeah, it's so, like, listen, it's at really the end of the day, right at the end of the day, you're not playing for an MVP, ti- like an MVP title, like in, in the regular Award, season. Yeah. You're playing, you're playing for the Larry OB. Hmm. And Nikola Jokic is right there. And I think, Man, I mean, if it's if it's Denver and Miami, like don't get me wrong, Miami's been hot, no pun intended, mm-hmm. but they're gonna they've they're on a run now. Like yeah, good yeah. good luck stopping them. And Jamal Murray, by the way, another Canadian, been fantastic, another Canadian in the NBA Finals, second straight year now. You had Andrew Wiggins with Golden State last year, who won it, who won it, and now you got Jamal Murray, who's got a chance to bring it back to Kitchener, uh, Kitchener Waterloo area. So that that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I like it. I mean, as far as the Bronny and LeBron James things goes, listen, I think LeBron would have to play at least two or three more seasons in the NBA before he gets I, to play with this kid. Two. I'd say two for sure. Does he have it in him? I think so. He's a competitor. I think he can. It's just whether his body will be able to take it. Listen, he took a lot. He had a lot of injuries this season. Uh, didn't miss a crazy amount of time, but still he, sidelined he's enough. He's been dealing with injuries the past couple of years. Right. So, like, obviously it's catching up to him. So... I like what LeBron said today, though. He said, listen, uh, I'm not sure if that's what... I'm paraphrasing this quote here, but I'm not sure if that's what Bronny wants in terms of you know his playing goals, if it's to play with me or not. And if that's if it's not the case, I'm okay with it. 
which is much better than it was last year when he was like, hey, listen, anybody wants me, just draft my son, which was like, come on, really? Well, see, and what I think on, for me is what's interesting about that particular story is I would not be surprised, Al, honestly, if he took the year off and then came back for one more season to play with Bronny, if that's what Bronny wants, as you said. Like, I, I would not be surprised if LeBron took a year off because of all the injuries and because of the, the wear and tear on his body to come back for maybe one more season, one more, I'll say, kick at the can. But would he, still be, team. But would he still be in playing shape, oh, though? Oh, definitely. Like... Le- my, Michael Jordan played baseball for a season and a half and came back and was in basketball shape, basically. Fair enough. So, Fair enough. I, I feel like LeBron would if he knew. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if he knew he was coming back after a year, he would ensure that his body was in the, the best shape it could be. I don't think Bronny, though, will be good enough to declare for the NBA after his first season no, with he, USC. I, I, I don't think so, and I, and I have even a very specific reason why. He still might, because lots of kids go after their first year out of because they are top, I'll say, 25 kids out of high school who just want to go to the NBA and don't care if they're a first-round or second-round pick. They just want to go to the NBA. I still think he's an NBA player, though. Oh, I, I, I agree with that. I do think he gets underrated... He either gets overrated by people who thinks he's going to be an all-star immediately. No, he won't he's, be. He's going to take time to develop. But I also did dislike people who say he's going to be a bum. He's going to be a bum. No, but he'll no, he'll on. he'll be. I think he's a starter. Eventually, for eventually, sure. I just I think this guy here is going to be like one of those like late bloomers, and that's why I'm saying I don't think it'd be smart for him to declare after one year, depending on how it goes. Like I mean, if he has a crazy year and he does go off, and this is where he finally hits his prime, sure, go ahead. But I mean, other than that, like I don't think. I don't think he'll be Lamelo Ball good. Oh no, 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 no! Because Lamelo is insane. Like, well, Lamelo went play professional ball because he didn't go to UCLA. No, yeah, that you're right. Was the story because yep. Leangelo, his middle brother, because I'll give you this story. So, um, I'm trying to remember the first son name, Lonzo. Lonzo. Lonzo Ball played for UCLA. Played, I want to say, two years at UCLA, and then declared for the draft. And got drafted third by the Lakers, I believe. But anyway, might have even been second up before Jalen yeah, Brown. Yeah, it was. It was second. It was, yeah, it went Lonzo went second. Lamelo went fourth fifth. or fifth. I think fifth. Fifth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lonzo, Lonzo there. went second. Yeah, that was the whole big thing because everyone was like, "Oh, like look Lakers at straight it up." Well, yeah, and look how Lonzo shoots and like all that conversation came up at the same yeah, time. That and, ugly jumper. Yeah, but yeah, no, so but anyways, yeah. Lonzo played for UCLA. His his middle brother Leangelo also played for UCLA, but then got caught in China for stealing. Some Louis Vuitton stuff. Got, yeah, it was weird. Got imprisoned. Got imprisoned. Imprisoned in China. They got him extradited to back to the United States. So they, uh, Lavar, the dad. Yeah, pulled, they went to Leangelo. Uh, Lithuania. They went to Lithuania after they pulled out Leangelo from UCLA and decided they're not sending Lamelo to UCLA. So then, when it got time for Le, uh, Lamelo to play his year of post second yep. post secondary ball, he went to Australia and did really really well in Australia, which is what got him to that fifth overall pick. Lamelo's, I think Lamelo's a better one of the ball brothers. Well, Lonzo's done with a lot of injuries, which has costed him a lot. Of Unfortunately, right? Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you look at the. I, I love Lamelo. I like his his vision on the court is unbelievable. I love why I watched a highlight reel on TikTok the other day where he was just making like these absurd passes from the back between his legs, and it's like, and some players you'd be like, man, he's just fooling around, but this guy here, like. He can do that like an eight out of ten times, maybe even nine out of ten times. Like that pass lands, mm-hmm. and it's not a joke or like because it's a blowout game. Like no, this is the way he plays the game, and I love it for that. Um, but yeah, as for Bronny, I don't think it's it would be smart for him to declare after one year, depending on how it goes. Maybe he does go off, right? But 
Uh, I'm glad, though, that LeBron said I got to look at things, and I'm glad that he's taking the approach of, like, maybe that's not what my son wants. And, like, at the end of the day, it's it's not about you. It's about your kid, mm-hmm. right? Like, you've had a great career. Let your let your son have his own career, and, you know, you, you can help him, you know, build that path to success. Mm-hmm. But don't try to fully dictate it by going... Yeah, anybody that wants my anybody that wants me next year, you know, draft my kid. And I and I also do want to mention here though, and I I only reason why I know this guy was going through the uh, draft, the the ESPN top 100 high school players going into next year. Ironically, the number one player in the nation in high school, number one five star, is a point guard, also going to USC. So that also is going to very much impact Bronny's role with USC. It's the number one recruit in the nation is going to USC as well. So who knows if they're going to play together, if Bronny's going to be his backup, if Bronny can somehow pass up the number one prospect in the nation. Like, it's going to be a lot of gymnastics for USC, who is, I won't say historically a good program, but recently they've been. They've had the Mobley brothers. Isaiah was great last year. Obviously, Evan was a top three pick to the Cavs. He was fantastic at USC. Took them, I believe, to the Sweet 16. Like, they've been a decent program, and getting these two guys, I think, will really help the number one recruit in the country, and then obviously Bronny James. So... And also, I believe Coach Enfield, who is the coach of USC, has talked about how it helps the publicity of his school, and they're going to try to handle that the best they can because obviously having Bronny James is going to cause a lot of public scrutiny and public publicity on the, on the program. And it might also like get attention to their program. Like you know, you have a name like that. You know, LeBron. You know, you you know LeBron will probably be around at least a couple games, right? Sure. A few games, and who knows? Maybe like the fact that he's there that'll attract you know maybe players transfer, and yeah. USC just becomes. Which I will mention. A powerhouse team. And, and, and they, because they've mixed the transfer portal in both football and basketball, it's ridiculous. Like, you can play one year to school and immediately transfer and have no penalty. You used to, used to have to take a year off when you transferred. Now you don't. Now you get at least you get at least one transfer free. You can just transfer and immediately play, and it's ridiculous. And it just it's causing mayhem across the board in every sport in college, in yeah. college football and basketball, which is amazing to watch when you watch these guys just transfer. And you're like, oh my god, these yeah. guys are gonna be gross. So I'm I'm curious to see if that'll happen too. But um, happy for the Nuggets. Uh, the Heat are playing tonight against the Celtics in Game Four yeah. in Miami to see if Miami will sweep the Boston Celtics. Yeah, how are you feeling about that? Honestly. I saw something before we sat in here, and I don't remember. I don't know if it was Tatum or if it was Brown or maybe even Coach Missoula, but I saw a report from the Boston Celtics that came out today, and it said they feel optimistic about their chances, and they said, "Don't let us win. Let don't let us win Game Four." And you know what? I'm with them. It only takes one. Yeah. No. I mean, no one's ever come back from a three nothing deficit in a conference final i don't think i don't think ever i don't think in any series yeah so reverse sweeps don't happen in basketball yeah so that's uh that'd be a big task but i mean i i I think i think miami gets i think this is it i think it's that's it finals are getting has to be i think this is it um same thing with you know going back to hockey real quick i think uh that hurricane series is done and i think if dallas loses tonight might as well wrap they're, they're that, that up too. Yeah, like it's just, you know. Slaughters across the board. It's almost done. I think it's almost over. And I'm kind of happy that these seasons are kind of winding down so I could solely focus on baseball. I don't have much to are, say. Are, are, are you sure you want to focus on baseball? Because the Jays no, yeah, lost five in a row. Yeah, and they're not. Manager John Schneider has basically come out saying, we just got to be better. No, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't want to talk about the Jays too much because there's not, not much new I have to say. Like, there's not much I can change other than I think the bullpen still sucks. Other than their last team in the AL East. 
Yankees are third now in the AL East. Oh, yeah. I haven't even checked that out. After a 3-1 series win not too long ago. Yeah, that was... yeah During our actually last episode. Yeah, we thought there'd be a series split, and then nope. I I said at least a split. At least a split. True. And they got the series win. Yeah. So... I mean, I, yeah, the bullpen sucks. I think Schneider has not managed the team well lately. Um, I mean, you look at the screw up against uh, Baltimore when he had the second mound visit in the same inning and had to pull the pitcher. Had, had, to, pull, pull had, to, pull, had to pull Manoa, who was doing pretty well. And you could say, "Oh, we we're going to pull him anyways." No, man, eighty-five pitches. You finally had a. You finally had him back in his groove, seeming like himself again. The slider was working. I liked. That they made the switch, they put Jansen behind the plate to catch for him instead of Kirk. A ch- change of scenery isn't bad, and Jansen's a good catcher to work with. Like he's really good at. He's a defensive catcher. He's very, yeah. but he's also very good at like when he, you know, with pitch calls, mm-hmm. what he wants. He's very good at reading situations, so I, I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, bullpen sucks. Uh, the bats have been cool. Have been cool, uh, which is. Disappointing. What, disappointing, but again, not surprised. Like, there's not much different from last season if you think about it. And I mean, the frustrating Isn't part of. Isn't that a problem, though, Al? Isn't that a problem? Yeah, it is. And that's the thing. Like, you look. I think I went on this rant the other day. I was at my, at my house. And I think if you look at Toronto management Scrimming overall. At the wall. Sure. Toronto management, like, in terms of, like. At this point, across the board, I think it's awful. Leafs management's garbage. I don't. I never liked Adkins and Shapiro to begin with because they're so stubborn to rework their bullpen or to send guys out, which almost makes me wonder, like, which what's really a business here and what's really and, a friendship? And when they do, they send out Yuri Gurriel, who's had a great start to the year, and I, even, I, was, I don't even know Teoscar's stats, but I'm pretty sure Teoscar hitting pretty well too. I was gonna, I was gonna get to that. Uh, I'm working my way there, and then Sorry. Masai Ujiri. We'll see what happens at the draft because they said, oh, the draft and when the season's over, this is where we're going to make our moves, which is, okay, I'll hold you to that and I'll trust you because, listen, you've won a ring. You've done it. You've proven that you can make moves and it works out for the better. And I, and I want to go in a little bit on Masai Ujiri here in a minute, so I'll let you finish your point. Okay. But I do want to mention, Masai is probably the best out of all Toronto management. Most I success. Masai, I think Masai is easily the best and obviously has, has had the most success, but that's the problem. Because of the success, he's had a lot more time than others. So he's, made, he's obviously made more mistakes because he's had more time. Yeah. And so this is the thing when I was say, uh, talking about Shapiro and Adkins. The bullpen has been an issue for years. Years. It's back to 20, 2020. 2020. I mean, I would say back to 15 uh, when you no, had Donaldson. No, 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 no. Because here's the thing. The thing with the Jays in 15 and 16, their bullpen was good because you knew who was coming out at what situation. Right? If you went, uh, if you couldn't get a guy that threw five innings or more, then you just went to, I mean, take your pick. I don't know who who would come out of the bullpen. It's been quite some time. But then let's let's say you have a guy who threw six plus, which happened quite often because the Jays had a really good starting rotation at the time. Your seven inning guy was, um, oh come on, Cecil. No. Okay, I'll go. It's fine. So Jason Grilly was your number eight, and then your closer was Osuna, and then man, they had a seven. It wasn't Cecil. But it's bugging me now, and it's going to bug me for the rest of this freaking episode. But anyways, you knew who 789 was. Whereas the Jays, take your pick. Mm-hmm. You know Nate Pearson's your go-to guy if you don't get 5-plus out of your starter, which is fine. I'm okay with it, because he can go. Pearson was supposed to be a starter to begin with. Yeah, I'm okay with it. But when And then you have Adam Simber, who's usually your 7 guy, which is fine. The 8 slot is still a question mark. And then Romano right now, well, pff, I don't even know if he's a closer right now, because he can't. He's been awful. I think Swanson's the eight guy. I Supposed think, to be. And he's, he's been buying for that. He's been fine. Spot. He's been really good. Yeah, like, it's been fine. The one guy for me that bugs me is Jimmy Garcia. Yeah, Jimmy Garcia's been bad. 
Jimmy Jimmy Garcia, Tim Meza, those are two guys. No. Even Anthony Bass. Like that looks awful. Yeah, he's in garbage. Awful. Really? Like he's, even, he's so bad, even, he's so bad. He doesn't even deserve to complain to airlines about stuff now. Yeah, okay, yeah, like but in spite of the whole brouhaha on Twitter. No, he's been bad. Like, he's just been bad on the field. So, and that's the thing. Like your bullpen's bad. It, there's, it's not. I'm not saying it's an easy fix, but look around, go shopping, see what's out there. Right? There's guys on really bad teams right now who are really good that probably don't want to be there. So try to work out a trade. I'm looking at you, Chicago White Sox. Right? That's one team. Where I'm like, they're really good roster. I'm pretty sure they caught Tim Anderson, their shortstop, saying, I don't I hate this place. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. No, he was on first base and he's saying, like, man, I hate this uh this damn place or whatever. Yeah, insert swear word here. Yeah, insert swear word there. Yeah. You could tell, like, and you read his lips, like it's not yes. photo it's not photoshopped or edited, like you can see him go, I hate this place. And it's like, ooh. Okay. I would not hate uh, Tim Anderson right now in the but lineup instead of Bobochet because Bobochet is making a bunch of errors yeah, but left you, and right. You, you move him to second base because I've heard my a good. I like Whit Merrifield though. Because I've heard a good friend of ours talk about how they should move him to second base, get a, get a real shortstop, and then move obviously Whit to probably right field. Or you know what's sad? You're move the, the, the best shortstop, you know, in recent Jays history, I guess you could say the best one they've had so far, Troy Tulowitzki. <laughs> Well, because Troy Tulo should have been better for the Jays because he was the best. Shortstop. He was good. He was the best shortstop in baseball with the Colorado Rockies. He just had a lot of injuries at the end with Toronto, which derailed that, everything. But that, he's so yeah. good defensively. That, that first he's base so incident. Good defensively. No, he covered a lot of ground. Big dude, like you know. So the thing was, the like I said, the Jays not a lot of major fixes to be good. But they but continue now, to struggle. But they got to get done. Why are you waiting? The All Star break's coming up faster than we think. By the way. Yeah. Like it's crazy. I'm when like, was in June. I'm re- yeah. I'm reading like uh, fantasy right now. I'm, they're like, oh, he's not coming back to the All Star break. And I'm like, dang, that's so long away. And I'm like, checks calendar. Never mind. It's <laughs> it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. So I mean, do something. Like, come on, because you're not gonna make the wild card. Baltimore is really good right now. You're really bad. Baltimore can. I could see the them. The lo- has been good. I could see Baltimore loading up at the deadline. By the way. Yeah. The Rays, I don't know how they're still that good considering two out of or three out of their like five pitchers are out with injuries. Rasmussen, 60-day IL with a flexor issue. By the way, that was a tough blow. He threw seven innings for me in fantasy, and then the next day after that, 60-day IL. Yeah, and then I had Springs, who's now done with the Tommy Springs, John. Springs, Tommy John. Glass now, still dealing with issues. Like, right there, that's... How are they still winning games? I don't get it, but they are. Um, The Rays formula, baby. Sure. But, yeah, as for the Jays... Oh yeah, this is where I was going with it. Okay. The bats. Runners in scoring position. They're awful. They're the that's when they're at their worst, is when there's guys on base. You know who was really good at that when he was with the Jays? Oh, I know who it is. It's Lutus Guriel Jr., who by the way has like a three hundred batting average right now. Over that, I think it was 313 last time I checked. Either he's been great. And Moreno's been okay, I'm pretty sure too down. Moreno's been fine. Listen. I get that you wanted a left-handed bat, and Varsho hasn't been bad, in my opinion. I think Varsho's done a great job. He's covering a lot more ground. I think there are plays he's making that Lourdes wouldn't. Or Teoscar. Teoscar. That was the one I almost swore there. I'm going to hold it back. I'm not going to give you extra editing today. But Teoscar was awful. That was the one, like, it didn't matter. You could have thrown Rymel Tapia in right, and he would have been. He would have done just fine. And also a left-handed bat, so that also covers that. Just the fact that he's not that good, though. Next but he can't hit. yeah, he can't hit. He's not that great. But yeah, like 
I think Varsho's made plays that Guriel would have had a hard time with, but like at the end of the day, Guriel was in the lineup because A, he has a cannon. He can throw you out from left field to home. He can hit the ball very well when he gets a hold of one. But the biggest one for me was when there's a guy in running, guy in running, oh, when there's runners in scoring position, there we go, finally got it. There you go. He got the job done. He brought them in. Or he would clear the bases. Didn't have a home run. He did base clearing double, whatever. But now you don't have that. Mm-hmm. And that's a big problem. The Jays need to figure out a way. They need to recognize. I don't know. I think they recognize when it's time to play clutch baseball. I just don't think they know how to play clutch baseball. Clutch baseball does not mean swing for the fences. Mm-hmm. I'm a strong believer that a team can win a baseball game without having to hit a home run. Well, you can it's part of the game. You can. But I'd much rather... You can win a game by playing small ball. And I think the Jays should stick to that. Their base running's been fine. I'm okay with trying to be aggressive, you know, in the extra innings and stuff like that. But what's wrong with hitting doubles? What's wrong with hitting a bloop? What's wrong with hitting in the gap? Stop going for those big highlight... Those will come. You think Shohei tries to crank one every time he's at the plate? No. Why do you think he's such a great hitter? Because he's not thinking about hitting a home run. He's just thinking, let's put the bat to the ball. And that's all you got to do. That's all you got to think of. And listen, I'm I'm not doubting one bit that John Schneider hasn't said what I'm saying right now. I just want to know why the why it's not clicking. Yeah, what's going on that's made the disconnect? Because again, they are last right now in the AL East. Uh, yeah, I I don't get it. I don't get it. But I'm still not fully concerned yet. Um, but you're getting there, I hope. I'm getting there, yeah. I'm getting there for sure. Like, this is not one of those where, like, oh, 160 game season, blah, 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 whatever. No, no, like, hey, the All-Star break's coming up, and this is usually, well, the, and then... And the, they've the, had two multi-game losing streaks within the last two yep. weeks or and so. and then the deadline's not far behind after that. Mm-hmm. So... And the AL East is a lot tougher than everyone would have thought, with the bot Red Sox being right there. So the what Rays are you going to do? The start ever. So like, what are you going to do? You got to do something. Yeah, the Orioles having a great start. This, I think if if the Jays do not make the playoffs this year. Uh-oh. Yeah, that'd be a problem. If Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins are still in the driver's seat after that. You'd be very upset. Yeah, then I'm looking at Rodgers going, hey, man, what the heck? What are we doing here? I have had this thought, though, already this season where I'm like, man, I miss Alex Anthopoulos. <laughs> he was so good. He was bold, calculated. And when something was wrong or some or something was off, he would he wouldn't waste a second more and let it go. No. By the, I think Anthopolis would have stepped in by now. I don't think Biggio's still on the team if Anthopolis is there. I don't think Espinal is still on the team. I don't care if he made the all star team last year. I don't care. Shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Whitmerryfield is still there. I think he plays way more. Mm-hmm. And I just think it looks different. I I think it's different. I think maybe even the starting pitching rotation looks a little different too. Mm-hmm. Do I think yeah. do I think Manoa it gets traded? No. Do I think Manoa gets assigned to Triple A? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, there's no better time to go work on your slider and your command than Triple A. Go get lit up. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You're not affecting the club. You you're not winning a World Series in Triple A. You're winning a World Series in the big leagues in the MLB. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens, man. But uh, the Jays got to figure it out.
Yeah, again, last in the AL East after a Thank you for that, like, 400th reminder, Spencer. Well, I get it. Well, it you, sucks. You, you couldn't stop reminding me about the Yankees being last, so I'm making sure you're when? getting paid back. You're when? Getting, last week? No way. Last week. Get out of here. I you reminded sure, you. You no, made no, no. sure to remind me every sure. single time you could the Yankees are behind no, no, no. the season last no, no. in the AL I reminded you of Boston being ousted. I never. I did not pick on you about you're the Yankees. Lying. Sure. We can go. Let's pull out the tape. Yeah, I'll roll out the tape. Yeah. I, I will go, I will go sure. and find it. For next episode, and you know what? You if, liar. If you d- if I did, well, I'm sorry. You lie. You lie. You lie on both counts. Listen, but, but anyway, my parents taught me not to lie. Oh, now and there's a lie in and of itself. But you know, in spite of that, in spite of that, sorry, Miss Cavion. No offense <laughs> to you. Anyway, now to my rant to end it off. This is your rant. Yeah, what is it? Wait, do we have news yet? Did we break? Oh, we I, I can't break. Can news, we do it? I'm gonna break it after. Okay. Okay. So I want to tee that up. Like, when it comes to it. Okay. Like, you I'll, tee yeah. up your... Yeah, yeah. I don't I'll, even know what rant this I'm is. I'm ranting about Masai Ujiri and the Toronto Raptors. Oh, right. they're disgusting me right now. They're very much upset. I mean, me too. Because, like, again, I am not a coming Raptors from fan. A, I was going to say, coming from a I, Celtics I, fan, that's kind of weird. I, I am I am not a Raptors fan. I am a Celtics fan. I dislike the Raptors the least of any Toronto team, though. Like, I dislike the Jays. I dislike Which the Which is Leafs. fair. I don't really dislike the Raptors. I don't. I don't have that hatred towards them. I mean, they're not really giving you a reason to. They Which, haven't exactly, been, they haven't, right? done, they like, haven't done much other than win a championship much. in 2019, but they even beat Boston for yeah, that. So like, there wasn't a lot. There's not a lot of headroom between the Toronto Raptors and the Boston Celtics. They're in the same division, but you know what I mean. But Masai Ujiri today has notified. It came out in the media that they interviewed Steve Nash as might that you know they're interviewed him to become the new head coach of the Toronto Raptors. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Now why? 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 So, because when I because when I saw that, I was like, okay, look, you had too many superstars and big egos in Brooklyn, so I didn't work, in my opinion. Do I think it's because Steve? Listen, you're gonna say a Hall of Famer like Steve Nash can't coach a basketball team and can't win? I think he can. I just think he had it was just toxic, super toxic. Whereas the Raptors, there's at least something there, and I think him and Osai Ujiri would be a great team. But anyways, continue. This is not my rant. So, to that point. I'll let you finish, and then I'll comment. With, with the Brooklyn Nets, as you mentioned, he was a Brooklyn Nets head coach for a little over three seasons. He went 94-67 and 67 with the Brooklyn Nets, with Durant, kind of Kyrie with the COVID thing, only being able to play in Brooklyn, and James Harden, sort of. He came in later. But this is what disgusts me, Al. What really upsets me is he had no prior coaching experience at almost any level. I think his highest would have been like AAU ball which is like kids before they get to university ball, and then coached in the NBA. He is not qualified to coach the Toronto Raptors. Becky Hammond is qualified to coach the Toronto Raptors. You know how I know? Because she was an assistant for Greg Popovich in the San Antonio Spurs forever and is now the head coach of the Las Vegas Aces, who, guess what, Al? Won the WNBA championship last season. Okay? She's qualified. Kenny Atkinson. Is qualified. You know how I know? He's been a head coach with Brooklyn. I believe he was a head coach before that. And he's been an assistant with the Golden State Warriors with, guess what, have won a couple championships with him as the head assistant. Adrian Griffin, the lead assistant for the Toronto Raptors, is among the three finalists for the Milwaukee Bucks job. Guess who else is a finalist, Al? Hmm. Maybe the last guy the Raptors just fired in Nick Nurse. Huh. Funny. Monty Williams. Had a great tenure in Phoenix. Didn't work out in the end, but I think that Phoenix team's weak. Also with Kevin Durant, might I add. There are way more qualified individuals in the NBA assistants and former head coaches alike that are more qualified 
and better experienced than Steve Nash. So why, oh why, are you even interviewing him? And I'm not trying to say he couldn't be a good head coach. I'm saying he needs to be an assistant somewhere. If that's college, if that's NBA, I don't know, I don't care. But do not tell me after th- almost three seasons, basically, with a team, as you talked about, full of divas, full of egos, full of just tumultuous garbage, that he's going to go to the Raptors, who have, let's be honest, nobody's, comparatively speaking, to Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, and a bunch of young guys, that he's just going to mold this team into something he couldn't in Brooklyn. It's ridiculous, and I'm disgusted that they interviewed him, because on April 27th, I put this, this was going to be my thing for um, for John today in class. April 27th, remember this day, almost a month ago to the day, Adrian Wojnarowski, one of the most respected NBA insiders in all of basketball, came out and said that there was nine candidates that were going to be interviewed for the Raptors job. That was, the, that was almost a month ago. You're telling me not one of those nine? There's been more since then. But you're not telling me one of those nine wasn't good enough interviewed or qualified enough to have the job? So you're interviewing Steve Nash? Are you joking? It's ridiculous. And I'm disgusted with Ms. Ujiri, and he should really reconsider. Because if Steve Nash is the new head coach of the Toronto Raptors within the next couple weeks, it'll be the worst hire ever. I'd almost say in NBA history, beating out the Nets because we saw how bad he was with the Nets. How many mistakes he made with the Nets. Okay, so that was uh, the outrage moment of this podcast. Uh, Spencer, I uh, I agree. Do I think it'd be the dumbest ever? No. Do I think it'd be dumb? Yeah. But I'm also looking at this, I'm like, I think this is just an interview. I think this is just, the Raptors are irrelevant after 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 the season they had. Interview. I I don't know. Here's my thought too. I don't think Becky Hammond's coming. Well, no, she's not. But she's more qualified than Steve. Hundred percent. I hundred percent agree with that. And I said this on previous episodes. You don't coach with the with Greg Popovich for multiple Greg Popovich years. for multiple years and not learn a thing. You can't like Craig Greg Popovich is probably one of the best coaches ever, if not the best coach. Ever in the history of the NBA, of the sure. NBA, I know there's a few other names out there that you know you might be going. Well, wait a minute. No, I, you're right. That's why I'm going to say one of the best coaches. So yeah, Hammond's like Hammond's experience. I think it's just an interview. I think it's just let's see, because let's let's be real. Steve Nash, inexperienced, right? He was basically handed a super team. Not much coaching to do to begin with, but I'm sure there was something that was learnt in that span of those three seasons. Do I think he's grown since then as a head coach? Yes. Do I think it could work out? Yes, because I think younger players will relate to him and to the message, and I think it'll be easier to understand. Do I think that was the problem with Nick Nurse? No, Nick Nurse, the only reason why he got fired was because the Raptors weren't happy with the way he approached his media at the end, kind avail- of like Dubis, av- availability, yeah. Except Dubis was a lot different. Dubis was due for a contract, and he like was trying to manipulate the numbers and stuff and that kind of thing. Whereas Nick Nurse was just kind of like too honest for the Raptors' mm-hmm. likings. So, do I think Steve Nash is going to be the coach? No. You do I th- do I think it's dumb for interviewing him? No. Just let it, hear him out. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. At the end of the day, Spencer, I don't care because at the end of the day. It's Masai Ujiri that I care about now. If this Raptors team is not better 
and not contending. Well, sorry, not contending for a title. But if they're not, I don't. They they can't be a play-in team next year. They need to be a playoff team. I don't want them in the play-in tournament next year. If they are, it's a failure of a season. Right there. Masai Ujiri said, once the season's over and there's more out there and other teams are willing to talk and you know we could have more chances to make better deals, because let's be real, again, Jakob Pertl, what the hell are you doing there? Right? Like, what did you expect was going to happen? I'm sorry. You, no. And you also blew a 19-point lead. So that can't happen. And made 50% of your free throws. but Yeah. So And you blamed it on a little girl. Eight-year-old girl. Eight-year-old girl, to be more precise, which is DeMar DeRozan's daughter. Come on. For me, it's Masai Ujiri that is the next puzzle piece to go. If the Raptors fail, I'm going to take Masai, U- Masai Ujiri's word for it. Because he has not lied to the Raptors fan base, and he has not he's been totally honest and upfront, and he's backed up every single thing he said. So until this until the end of the season, until the free agency pool opens, until the draft shows up and there's trades to be made and deals to be had or whatever. I'm gonna let's see where it goes, kind of thing. That's why I'm not totally crazy, like or not totally blowing it out of proportion right now with the whole Steve Nash thing. I'm just looking at it as, as an interview. Checking. Explore all your options. Might not make sense, and I agree. Too many options. Like, your rant is full. I fully agree with what you're saying. Like, you are not wrong for feeling the way you feel. I'm just going to say this. Let's see where we are at the end of the free agency period, like once free agency opens and at the end of the draft. And at, like once the season's over and every, all, all is said and done, basically when training camp shows up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. If it's not better or you're not looking at the Raptors and going, oh, this could be better. Like this, there, there might be something there. Ujiri's got to go. And the best part is, if he goes, he'll be his name will be up in the rafters. He will, oh, he's still going to go down like, in history, yeah. He might, even, he might even make the Basketball Hall of Fame because of what he's done for Africa he should. and how he's built well, up their programs and stuff like that. And you're also, done. you also brought the first ever NBA title to Canada. Yeah. Like, you can't, you're already, just that alone, I think, cements him as a Hall of Fame uh, executive. executive. Yeah. And also, that, and if that wasn't enough, just the fact that he made that trade, DeMar DeRozan, Kawhi Leonard, that's a big trade. That was huge. Like, a lot of people were like, well, why didn't you send out Lowry? I was one of them. And then it worked out the way it did. It's like, okay, cool. Like, And that's kind of what really made me believe in Masai. And it's like, you know what? I'll t- he hasn't given the Raptors or me, in my opinion, a reason to doubt or not believe in him and go, you've lost your marbles. Mm-hmm. But it looks like it could be coming now yeah, yeah, with yeah, this whole thing. Lot. It's a very important offseason. It's a critical offseason. Very much so. So let's just write it out. I trust Masai Ujiri for now. And we'll see. And I'll leave it at that. And heck, if you want to, we could probably also wrap up this. No! 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 Ladies and gentlemen of the outrage, Spencer freaking Byers, after two weeks of highly anticipated teasing, he finally has an announcement. Spencer, the floor is yours. So as Alan mentioned two weeks ago, he would be going to the Fan 590. I can now officially say I will be a intern at TSN 1050. So we're officially rivals. <laughs> we need like, yay, like hand clapping sound effect. Oh, I just knocked the mic. Sorry. Yeah, there. Great job. Like just like, you know, like some hand clapping sound effects or like loud crowd cheers. Like, woo. 
Yeah, at 10.50. We're not... I mean, we've technically been rivals since we, like, showed up to the school, have we not? No, well, we haven't been rivals. Well... We, we can't be rivals, we're not equal. Buddy's a Celtics and Bruins fan, Yankees fan, too. I'm a Jays fan, Leafs fan, and did I miss something? Probably, you're... A, I mean, I'm a, a huge, wa- Raptors huge Wagon Raptors fan. Like, if someone called me a fake Raptors fan, that I'd be okay you, with. You take their hand <laughs> that, that I'd be like, you, sir, are no, very but, good but at observation. Yeah. Al, to be rivals, you have to be equals, and I'm way above you, so oh, we, can't, we can't be rivals. All right, all right, all right. You know what? In all seriousness, if you think about it, 1050 is a bigger number than nine, uh, than 590, so... A lot bigger. I like Almost a lot. double. Just a, yeah, just a tad, but yeah, no, I mean, okay, so do you know, okay, do you know what you're going to be doing yet? Not particularly. Okay, do you know what your hours are like yet? I, I was told the two shifts that were plausible. What, what, what does that mean? I mean, we had a 10-minute conversation because I happened at my interview on Friday when... Kyle Dubas got canned, so nice. Talk about timing. Yeah, yeah. Literally, we're supposed to have so me and Noah, the other kid going. He was supposed to have an interview at three. I was gonna have mine at two thirty. So I was gonna go. Oh, he's going on Friday. He's going to ten fifty as well. Oh, there you go. So I was gonna go first uh, during our classes on Friday, and I was gonna drive home. Oh no! Make it home before two thirty, and then do my Zoom at home. With that, we only got an email at like ten o'clock saying, "Hey, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it with you two good together at two o'clock." And when it gets to like one fifty. Wait, wait, time out. You guys interviewed, like, at the same time? Yeah, yeah, we were in the same room, on the same computer. Okay, well, geez, you're in. And and not only that, Al, not only that, the best part was... was so it was weird. Supposed, it was supposed to be at 2 o'clock, we got pushed to 2.10 because of the breaking news. Dang. So we only had, like, a 10-minute conversation about, hey, hi, you two, little introductions. I don't know how I'd feel about that. Imagine if me and you would have interviewed for 590. I don't know uh, if I would have been able to do that. Won. And you would have said nothing to me, and it would have made me look great. So that was, that was what would have happened. I don't know. We'll but, never know. I'm glad we didn't have to find out that way, because I don't, I don't think... Uh, it would hurt your ego. I don't... Uh, maybe it's because I'm a Leafs fan, but, like, I don't have that killer instinct. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I did, like, one, when it's one, like, when we're not in the same... Like, you know what I mean? Like, if we would have been there, I don't know if I would have been able to publicly, like, step on you with you there. But there's not much. To, there's nothing to step on Spencer, anyways. Like Spencer is good, and I'm glad he des- fully deserves to be at 10:50. I think he's going to do great things, and I'm not just saying that because we're on a podcast together. I genuinely mean that. Um, but yeah, that's that's so weird interviewing. I don't know if I would have been able to interview with another person in there at the same time. But like, no, but they're just internships. Like, and she just said they're just internships. Right. Like, there's no, okay. there's not a guarantee of a job after this. Or so what are the two shifts? Well, they were seven to two, and like seven a.m. to two yeah. p.m. Okay, yeah. and then I think it's like noon to seven. Were the two ships? I think I rather the. Mm, no, I, 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 I drink. I, I drink sometimes. Yeah, I'd probably want. Yeah, you, yeah, no, but I hate the mornings. I hate the mornings though. See, but I'm gonna be awake anyway. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Like so today, I I didn't sleep last night. I got up at like 10 p.m. I've been yeah. up since then. So seven to two would be better for you then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but I can just go home and take. A I nap. don't know. All I know is I got my password and my logins and like I have I know where to go. I have Your to. Official Rogers employee. Again. I gotta go, yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know the story, I used to work with Rogers uh, a couple of years ago. Up north. Up north, yeah. I was with them full time and then uh, COVID happened and things happened and- uh, Cuts were made. Yeah. And now it's like, I'm back. But yeah, anyways, I got my all my stuff there. I got to go pick up like a um, like the company hey, he's laptop. Like Jason and, Voorhees. He's back. Yeah. I'm back. Um, but yeah, so it should be fun. Cool. So yeah, Spencer's going to 10. You're going to Scarborough, eh? Yep. I'm going yeah. to- It's actually not that far from me, actually. It's like Oh, okay. Well, that- drive. Oh man! I live in North York, so Scarborough is just over. Nice. Okay, that's all. That's pretty good because I still have to do that one-hour train slash bus commute. Yeah, because their offices are downtown, right? Yeah, they're on Jarvis, but like it's called like Mount Pleasant. Yeah, that's actually right near where Nev lives. 
or a classmate of ours. That's kind of weird that you know that. Because I've just, I've I'm just kidding. I'm just, I know, I know. Because Ted Rogers weighs right there. That, honest to God. Yeah, that too. And uh, Spencer just drives people home because Spencer cares about people, which is. I, I live by the Dumbledore words from Harry Potter. Help will be given to those who ask for it here at Hogwarts. I don't watch Harry Potter, so I have no clue what the hell you just said. But anyways, I think. <laughs> that's a great quote. I still don't know. Good. It probably is. I just don't watch Harry Potter. Yeah, without context, the perfect quote. Help will be given to those who ask for it here at Hogwarts. So if oh. you ask for help, you'll be given it. Okay, now I got it. I uh, For some reason, I just heard something totally it's like. because you're deaf. It's no, okay. no, no. Just don't have my headphones on today. All right. Whatever. Yeah, we switch roles. I have the headphones. He doesn't. It's <laughs> ironic. Anyways, you got now? I'm uh, I'm I'm not ready to go home. Is that, but... is that turkey baked? You're finally baked. No, I don't. Uh, I don't bake. Are you sure? Yeah. With how big you are? It's uh, it's protein, man. It's okay. protein. I... <laughs> okay. Can I can I do the honors? If you'd like. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Spencer's big news. 1050 score is what I give it. See what I did there? Not, yeah, great job, Al. It's amazing. Now, I, I do want to say quickly, I don't know if there's going to be an episode next week because we have to figure out logistically how we're going to do this. Yeah, we're not in school anymore. Here. Yeah. Like, they're going to tell us on Friday how, if we're, how we're allowed to use this facility. I'm we give sure. our fobs back, too. Yeah, right? that's what I'm confused about. So we're going we're gonna to listen to that. So I'm not going to guarantee an episode next week. Genuinely, like, there's no confusion. Like, oh, we should be able to. Like, we have no idea how we're going to do this remotely. So we're going to figure <laughs> that out. So we probably won't be an episode next week, which I believe is the start of June. But there hey, should be an episode the week after that. How about this? Depending on what kind of access we have, why don't uh, you come to my home we'll, in terms of, you know, you come to 590. When, we'll see if we can work something out there with our, our people. You come to 590, we'll record an episode there. And then the next after that, I'll go to Scarborough and we'll record at TSN. We, we can try that. But again, we have to make that logistically work. Yeah, so, we're, we, have, well, we have to prove ourselves worthy of using that equipment first. But, well. Implying there's equipment like that. Spencer does anyways. I don't. Oh, but, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, so You okay. took a jab it, at me. I got a jab it, at you it, back. It's the other way around. But anyway. Sure. But anyway. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll go back you're to lucky. my. You're lucky. No, no. Okay. Go, you're why? No, you're How lucky. am I lucky? I'm just going to leave it at I was that. being. It was a joke. I know it was a joke. I have a joke back. But I'm going I'm to let you live. Fine. Oh, you're going to spare you. You're going to spare me. Well, I appreciate that. And we're going to spare you from any more of this nonsense. <laughs> this was episode 12. Ladies and gentlemen of the outrage, I'm Annie Kevion from Spencer Byers. We'll talk to you soon. Don't know when, but it's going to be soon. This was the outrage.